Hello, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Banter, the podcast aimed at bringing you your dose of murder relaxation. So, just sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Banter Podcast. Mm -hmm. And today we've got a very interesting case for everybody. I think if if you grew up, if you're around our age and you grew up at like the the blast off of like social media, Mm -hmm. MySpace, I think Link. Did Lincoln? I don't know. I don't know. Facebook obviously was like just a couple years after MySpace. All the socializing places. Yes. If you guys... We're in like that junior high, middle school, high school time. I think you're going to relate pretty well yeah. to this. It's maybe, gonna be... maybe even um, parents. I know we have some older True. listeners. Yeah. I mean that with no disrespect. Anytime I say Whoa. older, yes. people that are older are like, hey, now watch it. Well, <laughs> like, in comparison no, to I don't you, mean... I'm older as well. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's all we're saying is yeah. if, if you're older. But yeah. you're right because this actually... Um, might have had kids. Exactly, yeah. around that time. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, that's going to be very an interesting one for you guys today. Yeah. Um, but before we do, I've got some lead-in into your banter for today. Mm-hmm. And this brings me back, because I think it was like the second or third bit of banter we ever did. You and I talked about a time when we were driving in the car, and we saw a license plate that said something um, oh weird. But then, like, two cars behind it was almost like an identical license plate. I can't remember exactly oh, what shit. it was. Oh, What was it? We should have listened to it. Yeah. We but I, I remember, um, you know, we, we thought maybe it was, like, dealership cars. But, like, we, we even talked about it then. We were like, this is fucking weird. Wasn't it, like, ABC 1, 2, 3, 4 or something? Like, wasn't it, it was, weird? Yeah. Something where it's just, like, it wasn't a dealership it type deal. It didn't seem real. But they were like one digit off from each other, but clearly not the same make, not the same yeah. model, nothing. And it was like, that's weird. What are the chances? Yeah. Yeah. So you told me. <laughs> Which is so <laughs> dumb. What, uh, what, it's are, a bit of banter. Are all of these dumb Welcome. for sure. Yeah. So you told me what your bit of banter was for today. Yeah. And uh, I think it's along the lines of, of that. I, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Some I coincidences. Guess, yeah. I guess I'll like kind of like sum it up. My version of summary is like an hour long, but oh, I buckle in everyone. No, no, no. I'll try. I'll try. So, um, I'm a nanny and this was, I think last week I was driving the kiddo to his little gymnastics class or whatever. Right. But that morning going to work, there's a back road I take that takes me from the town that I'm in to the other town to avoid highways. It's terrible. Right. So I take this long ass back road. It's only two lanes takes whatever. Anyway. So I was right behind this car for the whole hour ride. And then once it split up into multiple lanes, I was next to the car for the rest of the ride. Right. So I just happened to like look over whatever. And it's like this little old lady, this little blue car, and she has a mask on 
in the car, which always baffles me, but whatever. Hey, whatever. To each their own, I suppose. Yeah, I guess, whatever. And um, alone in the car, yeah. I might add. And the mask was like just covering her mouth area. So it was like okay. not even properly worn, even though she's in the car, whatever. So, Something notable for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So the mask is weird. You're a little old lady. She's like literally looks like a little like babushka from like Russia or something. She's so <laughs> small. She looks like she like hand makes pasta like at 3 a.m. or something. She's okay. like this little All cutie right. pie. And it's a little blue car. And she's like, you know, hands up by the wheel. Like, the wheel's taller than her. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what a cutie, right? Okay. Behind her, like, the entire time. Next to her, then, the entire rest of the half hour right after. So, that was, after. like, a good, like, hour, hour behind her and then another half hour. Well. Or, I guess, like, half hour Half hour her, on half back roads behind her, then next to her for the next, right? So, whatever. Okay. So, we split, like, her and I part ways, basically, at the road that I turn off to go to the kid's house, okay? So, then, I hang out with the kiddo for a couple hours and we go to his gymnastics class which is like another 30 minutes away so we go it's about an hour long then we head back it's another half hour drive home whatever so eventually we get back on that same main road yeah and i look over and she's right fucking next to me again <laughs> i'm like what are the fucking chances uh, you, hours later on the same road the same little old lady with the same fucking mask right still on her you, mouth yeah. I like and you know the kid I nanny is like three I can't like tell him like what the fuck's this crazy <laughs> yeah. he's like ABC yeah, please don't <laughs> eating Cheerios like or he doesn't do. know. I, don't, I don't know yeah that, so yeah yeah I, I've never I don't think I've ever had an yeah. experience like that I think there's it it's very easy yeah. to be like uh especially when you live yeah. in neighborhoods you're like oh this car I know yeah like, I don't know where they live I just know they live nearby because right. I see them especially during like commutes yeah but for that to be like your first time and like only time to have seen her yeah. and then an hour right. or a few hours later. So the banter again. part in, you know, the area I nanny in is like decently big. So yeah. it's not like there's one road we all take. I mean, take, we live in the greater Seattle area. So it's yeah, like yeah. no matter where we live, like there's a ton of people. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the chances still are super slim. But yeah. I guess my banter is not like oh, does anyone else have the same experience? But I guess I kind of just thought like, has anyone else had just like weird car experiences? Like, right, I don't, yeah. just anything to do with the car, traveling, being maybe road rage. I don't know. It could be anything in the car. So I don't know. Yeah. What is your, your wildest car story yeah. that is yeah. appropriate for us to read <laughs> in the or, next episode? Or, not. or a few <laughs> yeah. episodes for now. Oh, okay. Or for ourselves. Ooh. <laughs> Private message. What? <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a, an experience like that. Um, yeah. In that sense of like the same person like hours later yeah. especially in an area that like yeah you frequent it because you work there but you're not um it's not like where you live no so you don't like pick right. up on these like it's, maybe you maybe people have been around the yeah. same people constantly you know but you don't really notice it yeah. unless there's something like notable to like remind you that oh i know this person yeah i don't know it's weird yeah. i don't know all right, anyway. well, yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> like leave I that said, super riveting. on Spotify or honestly, if you want to leave like an Apple review or something yeah. on Apple Podcasts, an Apple review. I don't know. It's a review okay. an Apple We're on Apple Podcasts. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Or send us a message. Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll, leave, I'll leave the question on this uh, episode, though, in Spotify where you guys can leave your response or comment or maybe you know a person on a weird story i'll True. take i'll take anything yeah or maybe you can make up a really good one now and put his <laughs> tell on the yeah, next why one. not anyways yeah that's the bit of banter for today um mm -hmm. let us know what your guys's craziest car story is yeah. and uh 
Yeah, that's it. I suppose we should just go ahead and get into the story. Yeah, I think next time we'll probably do shout outs and stuff. So this oh, yeah. time it's kind of a longer story. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in fact, um, I think I've got quite a bit of shout outs. Ooh, me too. Okay. Keep so, an ear out for the next one, you guys. Ooh, or an eye or an arm. Okay. Let's just, thumb. let's okay. just do this. Anyways, this is the story of Carly Ryan. Ryan. Sonia Ryan was a young single woman when she gave birth to her first child, a daughter named Carly. Having Carly at such a young age and not really having help did make things a lot tougher, but the upside was the extremely close relationship that the two formed, and it only strengthened throughout the years. The two were best friends. A couple years later, a little brother joined, and the group was a happy trio. Anyone who knew Carly says she was creative, funny, and didn't take life too serious, which all made her a blast to be around. She liked to express herself through makeup and clothing and loved being different in this naturally attracted friends. As Carly grew up and the teen years took over, her original group of friends started to expand and she found herself hanging out with a rougher crowd, a crowd who experimented with drugs and alcohol. One night while they were all drinking, things got out of hand and Carly accidentally gave herself alcohol poisoning, landing herself in the emergency room. Jeez. After a little recovery time, she told her mom that she had been thinking long and hard about her life choices and she wanted to do better. So she decided to distance herself from the crowd and slowly but surely she got back to normal. It was 2006 and Carly, being almost 15, started taking an interest in the internet. Even though most applications and websites were still in the infant stages, it was an exciting time, especially if you were someone who liked to socialize. It seems like almost overnight, we all had access to millions of people we could chat with. But back then, most people didn't think about the dangers that we are all very aware of nowadays. Carly found herself signing up for MySpace, like we all did, and soon started making friends and connections. Carly's mom kept an eye on the computer as Carly chatted away, and she told her mom, Sonia, how awesome it was to speak to all types of people. Not too long after signing up, Carly met a young man named Brandon Kane, who went by the username Corrupt Koala. He was a 17-year-old aspiring musician who lived in Melbourne with his dad, and the two quickly hit it off. Hmm. As teenage love often does, things move fast. And it seemed like every free moment she had, Carly was online chatting with Brandon. Her mom was a little concerned about the age difference, but she said every time she passed by the computer, it was always very normal conversations about music or TV shows, and it all seemed innocent enough. She did her best to keep an eye on Carly, but she was also a single mom and she couldn't always be around. After a while of talking, Brandon eventually adds some of Carly's friends on MySpace as well wanting to be a part of her life, and they all exchanged messages at one point. Carly's friends really liked Brandon, and they were really happy for the couple, even if their relationship was just over the computer, at least for now. Someone else in the couple's corner was Brandon's father, Shane. He often left funny comments or nice words on their pictures or posts, and with Carly not really having a male role model in her life, 
She seemed to really enjoy having Shane's support. It had been some months now, and it was now the start of 2007. Carly started making plans for her upcoming 15th birthday party, and naturally, she wanted Brandon to come. She was devastated when he called her back and said he couldn't make it. But he did have an alternate plan. His father, Shane, was going to be passing through her small town of Sterling for work on that same day, and he could stop by to introduce himself and obviously drop off Brandon's gifts for her. While Carly was sad, she was still glad, or I should say at least glad, uh, that she was going to get to meet someone that is close to Brandon. And after Sonia spoke to Shane on the phone, she decided it was okay or acceptable that he stopped by. January 26th arrived, and friends of Carly's showed up one by one until finally Shane arrived as well. He came in, said hello, and even showed Sonia an ID badge he was wearing for work. Sonia said Shane was really nice and polite and enjoyed having him over at first. Not too long after arriving, Carly opened everyone's gifts one by one, and when she got to Brandon's gift... The room got a little uncomfortable, and that's, I think, even an understatement, when she pulled out some underwear and a nurse's outfit from him. While this may have been a little awkward and everyone could have moved on from it, people noticed Shane was still acting very possessive of Carly all night, following her around and not really letting her be alone with her friends. They all ate and had cake, you know, the usual, and then as the evening came to a close, Shane said he was off and was headed to a nearby hotel. Sonia, not wanting to be a bad host or hostess, said Shane could use their spare room. Carly was having a bunch of friends sleep over in her room, so the guest room was wide open if he wanted it. He thanked her, kindly took the offer, and everyone settled in for the night. The following morning, Sonia was up early cleaning up from the day before. She was walking down the hall, and as she passed Carly's room, she peeked inside. There, in a room full of young girls, was Shane laying on the bed next to Carly. Sonia started screaming at Shane to get his stuff, leave, and never come back or speak to Carly ever again. Shane never said a word the whole time. He silently grabbed his stuff and left. Sonia told Carly that something was very wrong with Shane, and even though it would break her heart, she's not allowed to speak with Brandon anymore. She couldn't chance having Carly speak to someone so close to Shane, even if it was over the computer. Carly was heartbroken but also extremely embarrassed. She really thought her and Brandon would still be together at some point, and now the relationships between the parents were destroyed. She begged Sonia to patch things up with Shane, but I think rightfully so as well. Sonia refused and even went as far as turning off the internet and taking Carly's phone, just to be sure. Sonia didn't feel satisfied with just kicking Shane out, though. So, she sat down and wrote a very strongly worded email warning Shane to never speak to 
or come near Carly again. And if he does, she will be getting law enforcement involved. But if she was expecting a scared or apologetic response, she was sadly mistaken. Reading his email, she saw phrases such as, Bitch, please, or you were too gutless, and said he was forwarding, sorry, forwarding her email to his lawyer. He even went as far to point out that Carly would be legally old enough soon to make her own choices, and when that day came, she would choose to live with Brandon, which also meant living with Shane as well. He taunted Sonia that soon he was going to be around Carly every single day, and there was nothing she could do about it. Sonia felt sick. He ended the email with, You lose, bitch. While this response was both disgusting and alarming, she just wanted this whole thing to be over so her and Carly could move forward, hopefully taking it as a learning lesson for the both of them. After a while, Sonia ended up giving Carly her phone back, feeling like she could trust her and that she had gotten the point. Carly had been spending a bunch of time with the family and her friends, and it seemed like things had settled down and life was normal again. It was late February, and Carly was spending the day with her mom. They had hung out that morning, painted their nails together. As the day moved on, Carly started packing because she had to sleep over that evening with a close friend. She was really excited, and it had been planned for a while. Sonia called to double-check with the friends of the parents to make sure that the plan was still a go. With that, Carly headed off, and Sonia spent the evening kid-free and relaxing. The next morning was typical. Sonia spent some time cleaning up, and around 9 a.m., she rang Carly, wanting to see how she was and maybe seeing a good time to come pick her up later. Oddly, though, her phone went straight to voicemail. Carly was always on her phone, and she never let it die either, so this was weird. She tried many more times, and with each try, Sonia's gut was telling her something was wrong. She was just about to try again when an unknown number rang, and she answered it. On the other end was someone asking if this was the home of Carly Ryan. She said yes, asked who it was. The caller said that they had found a purse with a wallet inside it belonging to Carly Ryan, so they just wanted to let someone know. Sonia was confused. Why was Carly's purse just left somewhere for a stranger to find? The caller told her that the town that it was found in, and now she was even more confused because that wasn't anywhere near where she was supposed to be. Sonia hung up and called Carly's friend's house, only for the parents to tell her that Carly actually never showed up that night before. Now she was in a full-on panic. If she never arrived, where had she been this whole time, and where was she now? She immediately called the cops, and after describing her daughter to them, police informed her that a body of a young woman had been found, and the description matched Carly almost perfectly. That morning, police close to Adelaide got a call about someone floating face down in the shallow water of a nearby beach. After cops arrived and the body rescued from the water, the young woman's body showed obvious signs of being attacked. This was not an accidental drowning. Sonia got in her car and raced to Adelaide, telling herself the whole time that it was someone else. It couldn't possibly be her daughter. 
after the longest drive of her life, Sonia parked and raced out of the vehicle and up to the caution tape, only to see a hand sticking out from the tarp covering the body. She instantly knew. Those fingers, that fresh nail polish, it was Carly. Just like that, her life was forever changed. Friends of Carly turned on their TVs that day only to see her face staring back at them. Losing your friend is hard enough, but finding out through the news that she was attacked and left in the water? How do you even cope with that? While everyone who knew her was grieving and trying to make sense of this mess, the coroner was finishing up his findings, and the bad news only got worse. He determined her cause of death was a combination of head injury, smothering, and eventually drowning. She had suffered numerous blows to her face and head, along with sand found in her throat, which they believe was from her face being forced into the beach at one point. On the sand, they found her jewelry scattered around, but more importantly, cops found drops of blood in the tip of a latex glove. While a team was on the beach combing for more evidence, another team started looking for cameras nearby that could have possibly caught any glimpse of Carly and who she might have been with the night before. And luckily, they did. One shop got Carly around 7 p.m. the night before, and she wasn't alone. Walking alongside her was a tall older man and a younger man just about her age. It showed them just walking by shops, but no matter from what angle they could look, the footage was too grainy and they couldn't quite identify either male. The people who worked and lived by, I'm sorry, the people who worked and lived nearby were questioned and someone at the beach that day had some valuable information. When shown a picture, they said they saw her that evening with the two men. They got out of a small silverish blue car and when the witness passed by the vehicle, they noticed an ID badge in the window. That was as much as the witness remembered and police logged it away, hoping it came in handy later and boy did it ever. This investigation was only getting bigger by the minute, and while almost everyone was at the beach, a team back at base was combing through all of Carly's online and phone records to see if they could find anything useful. The only name consistently popping up was Brandon Kane. Reading through the months' worth of messages, they saw a lot of typical teenage lovey-dovey stuff. But when asking Carly's friends about the online conversations between them all, they said Brandon had been sending them rude and mean messages over time. To cops, it looked like he was trying to isolate Carly by getting her friends away from her. They let Sonia know about these online findings, and this is when she shared her experience with Brandon's father, Shane, and all the disturbing things he did, even the overtop threatening email. Immediately, cops needed to find both of them. This was their only lead, but that didn't mean it wasn't a good one. With no address listed anywhere for either of the men, police thought to check the call logs, and they found a couple numbers that Carly spoke to frequently. But they were unknown to Sonia, and they weren't listed under a name. When traced, they came back to a phone in Adelaide, and a phone in Melbourne. 
They went back to the night of Carly's birthday, and both phones had traveled together that evening to the town that she lived in. They called the phone company to get names and addresses for the mystery numbers, but quickly determined the information was false and the details were fake. Undeterred, they checked the movements of both phones before, during, and after Carly's murder and found one of them had been lingering in a little town called Walkerville, not too far from Carly's house. Pinpointing the phone's location, it narrowed in on an area of land that has an RV park. So with that, cops headed out, hoping this would lead somewhere helpful. Arriving, cops parked and started making their way one by one down the line, questioning the residents, and eventually got to one that stuck out. Parked outside was a small, compact, grayish-blue car that just so happened to have an ID badge in the window. Now, keeping their cool, the cops went up to the door, and when it opened, 48-year-old Gary Francis Newman introduced himself. They had finally found Shane. After 11 days of collecting evidence, Talking to witnesses and piecing together texts and video footage, their hard work had paid off. He was cuffed and walked silently to the squad car. What awaited the cops inside Gary's RV can only be described as a fucking gold mine. Pages and pages filled with the names and passwords and account information from the almost 200 online personas that he was using. Not just paperproof, but dozens of CDs that all had even more information about all the young girls he was talking to. It turns out Carly was just one of many. If you haven't already put it together, Shane was never real, and neither was Brandon. The entire time Carly thought she was talking to her boyfriend, it was Gary. To make it even more believable and trustworthy, Gary had created Shane as well to solidify the whole Brandon character. Multiple times, Gary denied ever using the Brandon profile, but when police searched his computers, many many windows were open to him currently chatting at that exact time with young girls logged in under Brandon. At least for now, a pedophile and murderer was off the streets, but the real work of keeping him off the streets was a whole other mountain to climb. All the entire story can't be confirmed because we don't have a confession. When it's all put together, cops think they have a pretty close version of what actually happened. Brandon and Shane, a.k.a. Gary, had been secretly in contact with Carly ever since her birthday and lured her to the beach that evening so she could finally meet Brandon in person after a year of online talking. Knowing that she wouldn't pass this opportunity up, Gary put a plan in motion. Who they saw on the CC footage from the beach that day was actually Gary's own son, who they believed that Gary used as a bait for Carly. They picked her up that day, 
drove to the beach where they walked around for a bit before Gary's son walked off, leaving Carly and him alone. She thought she was with her boyfriend's dad. She thought she was safe. Investigators believe that this is when Gary tried to make a move and Carly rejected him. He lashed out in anger and violence. He hit her over and over again, and when he could have stopped, he pushed her head down into the sand, causing her to breathe in the sand and suffocate. She was barely breathing, but Gary thought she was dead, so he threw her body in the water where she finally died from drowning. While the evidence on Gary was overwhelming, they didn't want to let Gary's son get away with anything just in case he was directly involved. He could have easily been dragged there and honestly didn't know what his dad's plan was. Or he could have been a willing participant the entire time. Gary and his son were tried separately, both pleading not guilty. Gary's defense team tried to get manslaughter, but the prosecution refused, knowing that they had enough evidence to royally fuck him and keep this true predator behind bars. The defense was desperate and tried everything they could, even somehow trying to blame bipolar and suffering from OCD as a reason for the murder. To top it off, Gary said he couldn't have possibly done it because he was asexual and saw Carly as a daughter. How convenient. Mm -hmm. And if he's capable of murdering a 15-year-old girl, then he's definitely the dude who's going to throw his own son under the bus. So right on cue, he tells everyone that his son was the one talking to her the entire time, not him. The defense tried their best, but thankfully, it didn't work. The judge, Justice Kelly, said, quote, Gary Newman deserves a life behind bars for his grossly perverted plan to deceive, seduce, and murder Carly. It was a terribly cruel thing you did to this beautiful, impressionable 15-year-old child. I say child because that's what she was, a child that fell in love with the idea of a handsome, musically inclined, and rather exotic Brandon Kane. The real man was in fact an overweight, balding, middle-aged pedophile with sex and murder on his mind. You were sexually obsessed with Carly to the degree that when you couldn't get your own way, you prepared to and did kill her. He was sentenced to life in prison. His son, who was a minor at the time, was found not guilty, but was put on a 16-month good behavior probation. And as far as we know, he's moved on with his life. After Gary was put away for life and the media calmed down a bit, Gary's ex-wife, who goes by the, what do you call that? The, not alter ego, but. Like pseudonym? Yes, Christine, for her own safety. Okay. Um, She was interviewed. She told her story of abuse when her and Gary were married. For years, she suffered beating after beating in the life of being controlled. She recalls times when she would be five minutes late for work and get punched in the face or get a beating for wanting to go shopping with friends. She remembers getting a call the day that Gary was arrested for Carly's murder. She said, I always knew something like this was going to happen someday. She expresses how sorry she is that she couldn't have prevented this tragedy. Now she tried to get help for herself over the years, but nobody ever noticed or reached out. She herself was a victim. All she's done is tried to move on from the terrible life that Gary made for her. Someone else looking into the future was Sonia. Almost immediately after Carly's murder, Sonia knew what she needed to do. She said Carly would want her to use her story to help others, and that's exactly what she did. Carly was the first known child to be murdered by someone she met online in Australian history. 
but Sonia wanted to make sure that Carly was the first and only. In 2010, Sonia founded the Carly Ryan Foundation and has dedicated her life to protecting children and ensuring the safety of their online experiences. She travels the country and world to speak at schools and seminars telling Carly's story. And she says her biggest reward is every time she goes somewhere, someone always comes up and thanks her for the work that she does. Sometimes it's children who said that they almost met up with someone online until they heard about Carly's story. Sometimes it's parents who say that they thank her now because now they keep a closer eye on their kids' behavior online. Her work isn't just known locally, but globally, reaching millions with the website Carly Ryan Foundation as well. In 2013, Sonia was awarded Australian of the Year for her work recognized worldwide. In 2017, Sonia had Carly's Law passed, which makes it easier for police to intervene before predators have the chance to act and for online predators to be prosecuted and face up to 10 years in prison. It targets predators who prepare to plan to groom children online, including those who lie about their age. While Carly may be gone, her story lives on. And because of that, other children's story may live on as well. We're going to let Sonia take us out. At about four o'clock in the afternoon, she left. She gave me a huge big hug at the door. In fact, she gave me about four hugs. And as she skipped off the veranda, she said, love you, Mum. Can you still hear those words? Yep. No, the final words that she spoke to you? Yep. How lucky am I that it wasn't an argument or, you know, that, that I was telling her off about something. Uh, four hugs and a skip off the veranda, love you, Mum. Little did I know that would be the last words that I'd hear from my daughter. So that is a story of Carly Ryan. I feel like sometimes when we have these cases, when we get to this point of the podcast, the end, there's either all these thoughts I didn't have before or I did have them before and I want to bring them up, but I don't really have that with this one. This is kind of one of those like sad, there's justice in a sense, I guess. He got what he deserves. He's in jail for life. Yeah. He's not getting out. Yeah, I, I always... He's recognized as a pedophile and a piece of shit, and she's doing great things for the world. And, right. I mean, I don't really know what else there is to say besides, like, I guess there's some glimmer of something at the end. Yeah, I think um, when we first discussed this case, the first thing that I kind of said was, well, what about the son, kind of? Mm. Um, You're talking about the dis- discussion we had. Yeah. 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 Um, where I thought, well... And I'm not saying the son should be punished. I'm right. just saying this. Well, he, if yeah. I was the son, I would have been like, Dad, what? she's 15 years old. Why are you talking about I feel like her? that's, yeah. But you then you brought up the situation that um, he might have been abusive. Yeah. And no, he that, was abusive. Well, yeah, yeah. At least towards his ex-wife and likely towards his son then yeah. in that situation. And you don't have to hit somebody in the face to be abusive. No. You know, so. No, and I think um, once he told me that, I was like, okay. Like that's yeah. that's all I needed to know. And also, if it said that son, he was a minor, which I don't 
really want to get too like nitpicky about that about like what does that mean well he could have been 17 True. Or, you're right you're right you know like I don't really want to get too far into that because you're still a fucking kid like we still joke about people that are 21 22 23 like you're yeah, a child not, still. No. yeah you're right you're so right. the fact that you're like 15 16 17 you're still a kid yeah especially if you're a dude I know guys have like a different relationship with their dads like you you know I, it's I, kind of this weird like respect thing like respect like the the male that's older ahead of you kind of thing like and who knows maybe there was some kind of physical thing going on and he thought if I say anything to my dad about this young girl he's with he's gonna beat the shit out of me when he gets home like I don't know right yeah you're defending your own self at that yeah. point I don't um, want to get too weird about like this child should have said no, something no you know? I that's why I, I kind yeah. of what I was going for because I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one at first that's like well what about the teenage exactly. son that help lured her and Mm -hmm. i'm just like well that's actually my first thought but also once you kind of think about the possible abuse or again like you said the fact that if he was 15 16 years old you're not you might not have been ready to stand up to your dad in that sense you just said lured like this kid lured her like well yeah if he doesn't know it obviously he's not the one doing it yeah because i don't think anybody well i can't say that there's going to be some things when someone says, if your parent said, let's go lure a child, no one's right. really going to do it. Or if they do, obviously, they don't feel great about it. But yeah. for all we know, it could have been worded any any way we know. Yeah, yeah. How, his dad could have been like, hey, we're going to go pick the... up my friend's kid. He yep. could have lied to the person, to yeah. his child, and said, hey, this is my friend's daughter. We're going to go pick her up really yeah, quick. It, well, yeah, but then you, you think about... Um, Actually, no. I, I don't know if we covered it. I If I remember correctly, at least doing my own like personal yeah. research, um, I want to say that they're the other sons, because he had three children. Yeah. They all heard him bragging about it. Is that right? I didn't hear that. Okay. That might have been something. And, and again, I, I don't think yeah. that's, a, I think that's kind of playing into my, my thought process, because I don't think I could actually... Um, I don't want to say corroborate, but solidify the fact that he was bragging about teaching Carly a lesson for what happened at her birthday. Oh, um, I get what you're saying. Now. But either way, I saw that e- quote somewhere too, but it wasn't towards the children. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, you're talking about children and, you know, an influential father figure. You're right. They probably don't want to stand up to him, yeah. you know, to also seeing no matter them, what situation. Seeing them beat the shit out of their mom for years. Like, right. They don't want to say anything. Yeah. Uh, the, the other things, and I'm just kind of like rolling off the top of my head yeah. since you didn't have a ton to, that really, yeah. you know, came about during it. But I just wonder, like we knew, or we, uh, of course we grew up in this era. Like we grew up, we were, she'd probably be our age right now. Yeah. Right she was 92. Yeah. So yeah, January 92. You're, so you're like age. a month older than you. And, uh, or younger. younger yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's we i don't know catfish is a tv show obviously very popular on netflix we watched gosh i don't know how many episodes of it and doing my own research and then also going through you know the 200 different personas that he had online like logs of the information i it it's very it just reminded me of a few different quote-unquote catfish episodes um it's just, it's wild to think that, like, before that, before our generation, like, 
that wasn't ever going to be the situation. Right. Like there was no idea or thought that, oh, um, this dude is going to pretend to be hundreds of different people, like create an entire per family to then lure in yeah. young children. You're right. Like, as far as getting that deep into it, yes, you're right. But not to get too far out into the fucking, you know, wild woods. yonder, but this was a thing back when they had ads back in the early 1900s, 1800s, when people okay, would put ads out in yeah, newspapers. Yeah. We've actually, there are some old documented serial killers. Pretending Belgen- to Bell be. Guinness is yeah. another one. Where she was like, I'm a, I'm a widow. My husband died. I have kids. And men would come to her. And she'd and be like, gotcha, bitch. And she would kill them. And then take their money. And yeah. And then the next keep one. doing it over and over again. So technically catfishing has been around True. for a yeah, fucking yeah. while. Yeah. The- but in this case where maybe back then it kind of has the same overlap where why wouldn't I believe it? Until you start right. hearing about things. You're like, yeah. oh, now I'm going to learn from people that came before me. Yeah. It's just no, a different well, medium. That's kind of, uh, and maybe I didn't really realize like where my thought thoughts were going with that until now, but that's, that's the idea of the entire TV show of Catfish is like very much of an entertainment aspect. You're like, yes. oh man, like it's crazy. Like, um, oh, imagine if this person did choose to fly and meet them and then it's just this random person they don't know. Like, yeah, it never gets that far, quote unquote, you know, right. like I, I never meant it to get this far. And then it does. And then even them step in and like fix things. This was like right around the same time that Neve was getting catfished himself. Yeah. But like a step before the TV show to where it was almost you almost wonder if it was just a couple years later. Right, you if know, she would have if, seen the show yeah. or something. Yeah, or just yeah. wondered, you know, and, right. just, and just questioned it. Because yeah. the idea of one person pretending to be the son and the father, like, wouldn't cross your mind. I don't, I, I'll tell you what, I think I got catfished a few times no, back in, like, junior high. I completely believe I, that. I am actually 100% positive <laughs> I did. And I, <laughs> because this girl was talking to me from, like, Louisiana, it was like, oh, I was son. like, who the, why are you messaging me? And yeah. then like it's okay. It never happened again. It's fine. Anyway. To be <laughs> fair though, Sonia even said in an interview that even even when Carly's body was being removed from the water, it did not occur to her that Brandon wasn't real. Okay. All she thought at that point, which makes sense, because yeah. there would be no reason for you to think Brandon's fake. You would just think this guy online Carly's talking to is a weird dad. Right. You right, wouldn't right, think anybody's yeah. fake. Right. Well, that's something can, that we it discussed. It can be so believable. I asked you, okay, and this is before even the whole like, oh, he might have been abusive type of thing. I asked you, so what did the son even exist at some point? Yeah. Because like I was confused right. before looking into this myself. Yeah. I was confused. I was like, this is kind of hard to follow. Like well, also I'm a terrible storyteller. Shane, so no, you just like to tell stories a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you're you're right. I mean, the the not just the idea of it, but like, I I don't even when you were telling me it now, I mean, it's like, is he a real person? And it turns out he is, but he isn't. That's yeah. what's even so he, crazier. He has a son. He has multiple sons mm-hmm. in real life, but he made a son that doesn't exist. Yeah. 
and then he and then the father him. to that son that also doesn't exist yes but he's also a dad and has a son and i'm like it's I, I sit here sometimes and i'm like how do you have that much time on your hands even in the early 2000s i don't know to be like i'm gonna make make up hundreds of people well the economy wasn't quite what it was so you didn't need a second or third job so you probably had time you know <laughs> even with my one job i'm not i can't i can that's barely be different. myself sometimes. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah this yeah. was one that really like uh it brought me i mean especially just talking about myspace and stuff it kind of yeah. brought me back to that era where i'm just like wow we had no idea as yeah. like teenagers what the fuck we were doing right you're just yeah forwarding you know what, posts though? so you don't get haunted I don't know. Maybe this might be an opportunity for, I don't want to, I don't want to try to lighten something that's so heavy, but this could be an opportunity to kind of maybe like hear other people's stories. If they had True. stories yeah. about stuff that happened to them online, you don't have to get detailed too detailed or, or personal. Exactly. If you if, want to, you can obviously. Well, yeah. If something happened that was like super traumatic, like you do not have to fucking tell us obviously. Yeah. But if there's like a weird thing where like, I almost went and met this guy and then I found out later something's happened or whatever. Like it would yeah, be interesting would be... because that is right around our time. We can't be the only people that's had something happen to them. And that's kind of what the whole topic of this case is, is like online predators. This was way before yeah. to catch a predator. Well, no, no, no. This was after to catch a predator. The, oh, it was. Oh yeah. That was in like the late nineties. What? Um, because that was chat rooms. That wasn't. Oh wait, wait, wait. okay, okay. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. Okay, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on a second. Oh my yeah, gosh. That was like ninety. Because Chris Hansen looked really good in those videos. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that wait was like a second. Late nineties, and then it kind of turned into its own thing. Um, I will. I will. That's a different kind of cat. I was wondering, and maybe you have something to say, and we'll kind of end this or uh, wrap it up after this. But yeah, do you think? I, I, I obviously that stuff is still going down today. Yeah. People pretending to be people they're not. Um, I mean, To Catch a Predator is a good example. I mean, Chris Hansen's still doing the whole... Is he? Uh, you know, Hansen versus he's Predator. still doing and he, it? Well, I know he's, he split up with Crime Watch Daily or True Crime Daily, whatever it is now, and um, joined another program that they're they're doing still doing the same thing. And you know that there's still people out there doing the same thing, basically... Um, catching these dudes who are trying to like hit on younger children how did we not how did i not know this I don't why know. haven't you been playing these videos because i don't know exactly where they're okay, being we'll figure it out yeah we'll, we'll discuss point. it you we'll know what I, but um aside from like <coughs> predators and that i mean i guess that's really what it is right yeah these are just predators <laughs> yes and really, they're just finding the new way to yeah. connect and convince Talk about underage to children. catch a predator, then moving on to MySpace catfish, then yeah. moving on to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I guess I answered it my own just, question. I'm, I'm asking here, how do we think it's yeah. going down It's all the nowadays, pieces of shit, just wearing still, different hats. Yeah, that's all yeah. it is. Wait, so yeah, what was the question? I, no, I was going to ask, how do we think you know things are going down nowadays? Because oh. I guess you could do the same thing and... and Gosh, I mean, I'm going to say it's probably not so much catfishing as it is. I think people that are online, as you disgusting fucking pedophiles, I think they're there's this argument, right, that people are like, why were there so many serial killers in the 60s and 70s and 80s or whatever? Yeah. Right. And then there's not that many now. That's not well, what because, it is. Yeah. It's they're that not getting caught now. they're not getting no, they're getting caught. Well, That's what well they're is. getting caught before they're serial they're killers. They're getting caught yeah. prior to being able to do more than one, or they're getting caught on the first offense. Thank God yeah. for 
It's all these ring alarm bells, too. They're catching videos, too. Yeah. Or, yes, forensics. I mean, technology is everywhere now. There's cameras everywhere now. Places like the UK have cameras everywhere. Right, right. Imagine if this was today. We get lucky if we have a camera here somewhere that's working. If it's not just for show, we get lucky. Places like the UK, Australia, stuff, they have cameras everywhere going all the time, not recording over each other, whatever it is. Anyway, but... That's kind of the argument is that, well, we're just catching them sooner. Right. That's yeah, all yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. It's not serial killer no. per se because it, they don't get a chance right. to become serialized. Yeah. So I, I think just like that's taking a different form, these disgusting pieces of shit have had to get more creative. Yeah. So the pedophiles, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, the black market's a fucking thing. The fucking, what is it? Well, silk yeah, trail or whatever. What's that called? Like What's that? that called? Oh, Silk Road. Silk Road or whatever. I, I mean, that can't be the only one that's out there. Yeah. Because that was shut down. So there has to be other things. Like, the internet's crazy. There's, how many cases do we hear about where people, like, can't trace stuff? Right. Pol- I think, police are like, we hit a dead end. Well, yeah. I think, obviously, there's, like, the... the um. You know, I just, we just think got, they get more creative. We got There's... done watching, just finished watching the U season four. And like in that series, they have uh, apps that like disappear. Yeah. You know, quote unquote, disappear in messages. But yeah, there's things like that. I guess my thought is like, if you were to do it in a similar sense that this guy did it, where he like made family members of the person, you would probably have to spend months ahead of time planning yeah. Who you want to, you know, lure in, I guess. Yeah. Because you really got to make it look like you have a real profile. Like you can't. Yeah. You can't make a profile in a week and then make it look like you're a real person. Yeah. It's very obvious when it's not. Well, I've person. also had people try to add me on Instagram and, and then and they like, say immediately. like. Well, yeah, but also people that I meet and stuff will be like, hey, can, what, can I add you on Instagram? Whatever. I'm like, yeah, but I don't use it. Like, yeah. I use the one for the true crime banter, you know, but I don't use my own. I have Personal zero posts. Yeah. And so people will be like, oh. And they'll kind of be like, why do you have zero? I'm like, yeah, people I don't think use it's it. weird. I mean, no, I barely it's, post too, it's and not, it's mostly just true crime banter stuff. And it seems like the, the feeling I get from each person, it's not just weird. They're like, oh, it's There's almost like off it's almost off putting. Yeah. That they think, and which is weird because when we watched you, the oh, show yeah. they no. were like they looked up the they the main character was asked about his social media and he was like oh i don't have any. i don't have and they're it. Like, and immediately we're like you're a weirdo yeah and they and were like we were are you a serial like, killer uh, <laughs> anyway yes you mm-hmm. oh you okay um i think that's it i think that's all we got for it is it yeah <laughs> all right we've got some uh tv shows to catch up on so we're gonna do that um, yeah. If you guys have... Get out of here, everyone. Go yeah. home. I don't know. Do you have anything you want to... No, except for everybody who's been messaging and commenting and stuff. Riley's got stuff, too, that he wants to say. The next episode, I swear to Bob, we're going to put it on that one. So we got it. We got all the shout-outs Anybody who's been messaging and stuff, I got you on the next one. All the shout-outs. Mm-hmm. On its way. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, tell us if you have any weird car stories. That'll yes. be in uh, Weird car or question. online social media stuff, for yes. sure. Yes. Yeah. Either one of those. Just let us know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it for this episode of the True Crime Banter Podcast. We'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Adios.